pick a pole. They move around. I think it's great. Kiwi build. Are you a minister under pressure? Cannabis. When did you last smoke? And Kiwi troops in Iraq. Get some guts! Welcome to One News Inside Parliament, a weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering on One News. I'm Jessica Much Mackay. I'm Mikey Sherman. And I'm Benedict Collins. And we're going to share our pits and our peaks of the week with you. Shall I kick off first? Um, some of you may have noticed this delectable little table of treats here. Um, this will be my peak of the week, um, made by Laura, the pastry chef at Copperfields, which is the cafe and the restaurant here at Parliament. And they very kindly dropped off some very dainty, delectable looking treats for us. So that will be my peak this week for sure. I don't actually have a pit, I've actually had a really good week Um, so I'm going to have two peaks, I know that's not really allowed but I'll take that anyway Um, my other peak was I went along to a um, select committee just now with uh, Minister Shane Jones and there was a lot of pageantry political theatre and hype and pomp and I very much enjoyed myself for the hour so um, those are my, my two peaks for the week. Yes, Shane Jones always delivers when it comes to the it was uh, pomp. Uh, my pit, I'll start with my pit this week, uh, was on Monday. I went along to the Supreme Court um, to the um, Kim.com and Co extradition hearing and was very disappointed uh, that the big fella wasn't there. Um, so, you know, I just think if you are fighting so hard all the way to the Supreme Court um, to stop an extradition order to the US, then you should probably show up on day one. So that was my pit. Um, my peak, however, has to go to Judith Collins this week. Um, she delivered some uh, good lines and it was actually her mannerisms that stole the show from me. She gave me a bit mm. of a wink uh, at the it's end of subtle. one of her answers. Yeah. It was subtle. Um, but if you're watching, then you might might pick that up in my Kiwi Build story later on, but uh, always fun, Judith Collins. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I have a um, double header here, the pit and a peak that go together. Uh, fascinating story um, on Newsroom this week. Go and check it out. It's called Inside Internal Affairs Ray Avery Inquiry. And so what happened here was basically a newsroom journalist OIA'd what had happened behind the scenes when I filed an OIA last year about an investigation or inquiry into this uh, Ray Avery um, charity. Of course, he's raised millions and millions of dollars uh, for these LifePod infant incubators, which have never uh, materialised despite his repeated claims over the years. Now, what they've done here is they've looked... um, at the investigation, at Internal Affairs. Um, and it's pretty breathtaking, a lot of it. We see that um, Internal Affairs was trying to keep one news and the three quarters of a million people who watch us um, every night in the dark about what about their uh, looking into Ray Avery's investigation. At the same time, um, they kept Ray Avery fully abreast of um, uh, their plans to give interviews to One News. They even informed Ray Avery of their answers that they were going to be giving to One News in the interview. Um, so, and the investigator also at one point um, tells Ray Avery that he, you know, there's no need for an on-site inquiry or an investigation to actually go to his premises um, because they don't want to interfere with the good work that Ray Avery is doing. Uh, the guy who still hasn't produce any life pods. Also, um, no concern at uh, charity services or internal affairs whatsoever um, about hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars being transferred away from this charity designed to 
build the life pods that um, children have been giving him money for, um, straight off to a project management company also run by Ray Avery. Um, so yeah, very interesting article. Go and have a read, guys, if you're interested. Interesting insight, and aren't we lucky to have the OIA to shed light on some of these things? It's fascinating. Yeah, and just look at you know how charity services, which is supposed to investigate charities, uh, actually works. It's outrageous. And also, I love how you slipped our audience numbers in there, Benedict. Very good. <laughs> yeah, very it does sort of get the old blood boiling a bit, that article. Yeah, and it's, it's just interesting reading about yourself probably as well. But um, we digress. The other reason I had such a good week as well, of course, was that it was poll week. So let's take a look at that. This poll was taken from Tuesday until last night. So it's measuring the fallout from the budget and the whole leak saga. National are back in front on 44, jumping up four from our last poll in April. Labor's now on 42. That's a big six-point drop. The Greens are steady on six, and New Zealand First is back in the game on five. And snaffling up the crumbs, ACT, the new Conservative Party and the Opportunities Party, all on one. A faint glimmer for those three. Let's see how that translates to seats in Parliament. National gets 53 all by itself, but add in one from ACT and it falls well short of the 61 seats needed to form a government. Labour gets 51 seats. If you add in eight from the Greens and seven from New Zealand first, that equals a comfortable majority. But these numbers also put Winston Peters in the kingmaker throne. He'd have the power to choose the government. Now let's turn to the preferred Prime Minister numbers. Jacinda Ardern is on 45. That's a six-point drop from our last poll. For the first time, Judith Collins creeps ahead of her leader. She's now on six. Simon Bridges is stagnating on five. And right beside him, Winston Peters. 5% also want him to be Prime Minister. So the budget and the budget drama causing a big political stir. So what was really interesting there is after we had those numbers, of course, we go and present them to um, the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition, and I usually talk to several other MPs for background on that. And I think what we're seeing there is obviously Simon Bridges really struggling that five. He's been stagnating on that number for a long time as preferred Prime Minister. But what's shielding him from being rolled this week is that 44. Now, that's the biggest number um, that that you know, it takes them back to the biggest party. So for National, that's a big number, and um, that's what's protecting him, and that's what he was able to go back to the caucus on Tuesday and say, yeah, maybe I'm not doing so well, but look what we're getting under my numbers. So I think that's the, that's the takeaway. Also, no budget bounce, which is unusual for governments, and Winston Peters is back in the game as well. So I think some really interesting, fascinating takeaways from our poll this this time around. I did think that the poll party numbers saved Simon Bridges, but I don't think that we could call him uh, the the knight in shining armour or the hero in the story Not as to five. why those numbers switched back. I My reading of those numbers are that the government had a big boost um, with Jacinda Ardern's um, stellar leadership following the Christchurch mosque attacks, um, and this is simply bringing it back down to the numbers that we've been seeing um, for a very long time now. National's always been around that 42, 44 
4%. Um, and so this is just the sort of settling down of that halo effect, I guess. And you can very, because we poll consistently, you can very easily track that. And you're right, you can see that in the figures, that bouncing around and then that Yeah, bouncing around in that low to mid 40s. And we have seen that just constantly sort of going around there. And I think those are the. When I look at the polls, those are the numbers that I really, I think, is so so much more important for me than the preferred prime minister poll. I think with with national on forty four, I mean, I just think it's incredible after this long. In, in opposition where they can't do anything but complain. I, I just think they're doing so well. I think I disagree with you slightly on the preferred Prime Minister numbers because I think it does give us an insight to how people feel about that particular person. And I think that it is, yes, it's the party vote, obviously, but I also think it shows how palatable that leader is um, to people. And we ask it, you know, we ask it unprompted. That's how we do it in our poll. And people say who they would like to be Prime Minister. And I think you, we saw Judith Collins creeping ahead for the first time and I think that is telling I think that does um, as polls go they're a snapshot in time we know all of this but it gives us a really interesting insight into how people are feeling and how how they feel about particular people the six point drop for Labour is a big drop and Mm. so you can equate that like I say to the to the sort of um, the lessening of that halo effect but also I think we need to remember that we saw um, the biggest teacher strikes that we've ever seen with primary and secondary schools teaming up and going on strike we saw the Kiwi build blunders yet again looking at that reset we also saw um, the scrapping of the capital gains tax so um, it's not. I, I wouldn't say that it's um, Simon Bridges and the National Party um, have done a particularly well job. I think that a lot of Kiwis actually, with the budget um, blunder stuff, the budget taking of the information, haven't um, really warmed to that as they as much as they might think. Um, and really interesting to see that Simon Bridges is still leading with that line of questioning in the House, even yesterday for the second day in a row. I think it's old. He needs to move on from that. Um, though those aren't the issues that Kiwis want um, the opposition to be talking about. But I think in terms of the government's dropping numbers, um, I think they've got their own um, blunders to point to as to why that may have happened for them. Yeah, especially wonder uh, whether that big drop for Labour, uh, to me, uh, you know, the Prime Minister just walking away from that capital gains tax, you know, that she said as a matter of fairness, you know, yep. it was such an important principle for them. And for her just to ditch it and rule it out for as long as she's Prime Minister, I do wonder whether... You know, it's just not going to help with housing. It's not going to try and make things fairer for Kiwis. Mm. I think one of the things that that leak saga showed us is that uh, it didn't make Simon Bridges look good. He was, I think, he performed. He gave very strong performances yeah, on that budget yep. week. I thought he was. He showed leadership qualities, and I think politically, he won. But that doesn't. What happens in here doesn't matter because. Out in the public, they think, ah, why are they messing around with stuff like this, wasting everyone's time? And I actually think what it did is rather than make him look good, it made the government look sloppy. And I think that's what we're seeing playing out in those numbers. That's what showed us. So uh, you put it down as a political win, but if it's... but, but it just depends whether people like it. And I think you're right. I don't think people are that into it. Mm. Interesting also. I mean, we obviously saw two polls come out on the same night. Should we yeah. talk a little bit about that? Do I we mean... have to? And that's a weird situation that we're in. So on Sunday night, um, we knew that, that TV3, the um, news 
um, hub poll was going to air with their numbers and you're going into, you know, we, I go and I um, go into the studio and present it and then you come out and you have a look at, at their numbers that it's an unusual situation for us to both poll on the same night and so you come out and when we came out obviously they were um, very different, um, those numbers and I think there's all sorts of interesting context that we can give to that. Shall we, so should we talk a little bit about that first? Yeah, no, I, I, it's quite funny during the week, isn't it, to watch sort of, um, you know, the National Party come out where our polls sort of uh, portrayed them as a stronger party. Oh, yes, our, our internal polling very much aligns <laughs> with that. And then you saw the same with Labour, you know, uh, also say, oh, no, 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 ours are much closer to, to threes, right? Um, yeah, so yeah, pick a poll. And that's what, and that's <laughs> yeah, what it's been. Yeah, and I actually have yeah. to say, it has been... Um, it's been a frustrating situation this week because, um, you know, political polls are a snapshot in time. They mm. are taken, our poll was taken from the Tuesday to the Saturday. Um, they are what people think our methodology is strong. And After and the budget. After the budget. Right. Yep. Um, News Hubs was um, during, uh, slightly before and during the budget and taken over a longer period of time. Uh, that doesn't explain the big difference. And Mm. both reputable polling companies but do things in a very different way. We do 50-50 with mobile and um, with landlines. um, Their methodology is slightly different. But I just think... Even if you, even with all of those things explained, um, it doesn't. People pick the poll that they like and um, and and follow that. And I just think Twitter's had the best best few days of its yes, life. Yes, so many, yeah, yeah, so many <laughs> people get into rant and rave and yeah, rage. And, yeah, but it doesn't. That's in, in a political sense, it's frustrating because um, polls are a useful political tool and. And they give you a, an insight into that moment in time, and I think that it just doesn't feed into the whole, the whole idea of polls and what they are and what they should be doing. It's it, it's just been frustrating, I think, this week. But I like the fact that we poll consistently, so we're able to watch watch the trends and see that, like I said, you know, the National Party's always been around that 42, 44% mark. Labor had only broken through that 45% threshold one time in the last, say, year, um, and that was just in the last poll. So it's interesting to note those trends, and, and we can do the trends because we poll almost every two months. Um, so it'll be good to see the numbers in the next poll. Yeah. Mm. Um, and do, did you want to add something else? Before I, I, move I, on. Yeah. I wanted to step back just very quickly because okay. it's something I, th- I was thinking about after the last podcast we did that I didn't say, and, and it's about the budget leak and a lot of people, um, you know, questioning whether National did the right thing and you know the oh, you know the sacred budget documents. I, I remember thinking like, the government runs for weeks and weeks before the budget, making pre-budget announcements. You know, all about the PR, all releasing it whenever they please, releasing whatever they please. But I just thought, no, no, no. It's totally fair game for National to do that. Yeah, yeah. I did see that commentary, eh? And they did make a good point in that it's it's not so confidential or it's it, it's not going to impact the market, say, um, because they announce, pick and choose whatever they like to yeah, announce yeah. as pre-budget hey, And that's stuff. one of the benefits of being government, but I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. And also post-budget announcements, which are killing me. Seriously. I know. Yeah. Stop with the post-budget. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> You've had your day. <laughs> we're over it. Yeah. So one other thing that we also polled on um, was around Kiwi Bill. So let's take a look at that track. 
Auckland's North Shore will see the latest Kiwi build development with just over 100 new apartments set to be announced in the next couple of weeks. I think what's most exciting about this one is its location. It is you know, really in a great location, not far from the CBD. We want to provide houses that people want to live in at prices they can afford in places where they want to live. But KiwiBuild has had its problems with slow results and criticism over affordability and the lack of means testing. So bad the government's working on a total reset. The minister battling the latest criticism this morning. I want to give, I want to give you one example. KiwiBuild's not a welfare scheme. It's as Kiwi as Pavlova. Twyford, are you a minister under pressure? I'm a minister who's um, trying to do the job that's in front of me. I keep advising Jacinda Ardern that she should boot him out in a reshuffle so that she doesn't. But while Phil Twyford's fate hangs in the balance, it seems most New Zealanders still back KiwiBuild. In a One News Colmar Brunton poll, we asked, do you think the government should continue with the KiwiBuild scheme? 60% said yes, the government should keep going. 34% said no and 5% didn't have an opinion. There's a lot of young people out there who really want a home of their own and without help, I don't think they'll get it, but I think they're too expensive. Housing is still needed in New Zealand, so yeah, don't see any reason to stop now. As of today, 119 KiwiBuild homes have been completed, 88 of those have been sold. The government reset will be revealed at the end of this month and while developers say projects like the one on the North Shore wouldn't happen without government backing, it's also agreed there's room for improvement. There was an underestimation of uh, how complex um, the construction and development uh, sector is. It does take time. We're tackling those issues of infrastructure financing, planning reform, uh, training up workers for the industry. Uh, we have to do all of those things and build affordable homes. Homes Kiwis are clearly keen to see on the market. So what a saving grace uh, for Phil Twyford and the government, basically, because the KiwiBuild program has been getting hammered um, for months after months. And this poll result basically gave them a lifeline, saying that 60% of Kiwis thought, no, keep going with you know the program I think they understand that obviously it's early days you're always going to have teething problems and the housing crisis is such that actually there is no plan B um, and we need this to work so figure it out and keep going um, and uh, good timing too for Phil Twyford because on the Tuesday morning that we we, we sort of um, put this uh, the Tuesday that we put this poll to air that morning Phil Twyford was again under the pump Kiwi build um, had been criticised around uh, means testing um, of those who uh, apply for Kiwi build properties and, and so on um, and he was shaking he'd, he'd come to the caucus run which is when um, we sort of have Labour MPs go into their, into their um, morning meeting on a Tuesday uh, Phil Twyford comes down he's holding um, a dossier of uh, papers and he's trying to explain why um, the latest criticism was incorrect but he was so nervous his hands were shaking and on Honestly, I felt a little bit sorry for him. You could see the pressure that he was under. And I think if you if you just listened to that story, you would have heard some of the comments that he made. And I asked him because I could see clearly, Phil Twyford, are you a minister under pressure? So the poll would have come as some relief. Obviously, it's not going to sort of, you know, be the saving grace um, completely. Um, but at least there is some faith there from Kiwis that they do want this to work. You sure he hadn't just had too many coffees? 
Oh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> he could have been the coffees, but I doubt it. He was pretty nervous. But I guess yeah. the reason he's under pressure is because of this, um, firstly, the the um, Kiwi Build reset, and also because there's a cabinet reshuffle, and his it's fair to say his name would be in the mix for that. Now, I, I guess the Prime Minister has a choice to make on whether he carries on and, and does all of that, but that's got to be hard playing in the back of your mind, even if the commentary is showing that you're in the mix of, of people to do it. So I think there's a lot of things going on for him, big things going on for him and these constant stories. But I think you're right, overall, even though people can see that it's not producing the numbers that the government promised, they still think something's In got principle, to be done. hey, yeah. trying to help Kiwis get into their first homes yeah. is the right thing to be doing. Yeah, I think also tough, tough for Phil Twyford, you know, the number of times they, they, they'll build you know, new developments and there's no interest, you know, or it's very slow and people coming, coming forward to try and buy these homes. You know, it just, it just keeps whacking them in the head. And you were able to highlight a new one of those in your story... Yeah, that'll be on the North Shore and there's going to be just over 100 apartment um, buildings. So that was information that they um, that actually the, the developer um, helped um, release to us. So that was uh, interesting um, and that'll be announced in the next couple of weeks. Just going back in terms of that reshuffle point, another um, uh, pressure point um, for Phil Twyford now um, is that yesterday afternoon in the House, National MP Denise Lee um, produced information from the OIA, Official Information Act, which showed that um, Phil Twyford had requested a meeting with David Parker and also Phil Goff, the Mayor of Auckland, without officials present. Um, And she had also requested information around that meeting with um, Phil Twyford. He responded that the information didn't exist, um, but she ended up getting the information from David Parker. Um, And so that was revealed in the House yesterday. So it's just another layer, it's another sort of um, straw on the the camel's back, if you like. And that one... um with that, that may not, if you're sitting at home thinking, mm, what's the big deal about that? He missed a meeting. Well, this is really important. We, when in New Zealand, you're allowed to know who is meeting who at what time. It's about political influence. It's about um, shedding daylight on their diaries. And the fact that um, he's saying, look, it was a mistake and it wasn't included. But it just, I mean, Claire Curran had the same issue. That was why she stepped down as a minister. That was, it was over meetings that she hadn't declared. And it, it is a big, it's a big deal. And the question is, you know, playing on people's minds is, why would he request a meeting uh, without officials present? Is there something you know untoward going on there and those are the questions that you know just naturally come up and unless you sort of um, uh, nip it in the bud um, it's going to to sort of haunt him um, if he doesn't clear that up quickly. Yeah I guess if you don't have officials you don't have any records of what was said right? I mean maybe he just wanted to gossip with Phil Goff who knows. (laughs) Yeah also I think Claire Curran you know was deliberately hiding meeting you know the meeting with the chief technology officer and obviously um, the meeting with the um, yeah there was a secret meeting that she had with um, oh, yes. Carol Hirschfeld as well. C-H. Um, L- luckily. Yes, that, that led to um, Carol Hirschfeld's demise at Radio Yeah, but I just think it, what it does is linking those two shows the significance of of keeping a record and yeah. keeping a diary and keeping that accurate information. Luckily um, for Phil Twyford, the Prime Minister's come out saying it was just a, 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 an oversight, no big deal, he's okay. So. Yeah.
Yeah, we we shall watch him with interest over the next few weeks because he's going to be the man of the moment, that's for sure. Another reason this was such a big week is because we also learnt about um, our commitments in Iraq and in Afghanistan as well. Um, we thought we'd throw back this week to 2015 when this was also a hot topic of conversation. So take a look at this. Get some guts and join the right side. It's not often you see the Prime Minister this fired up. I will not, will not stand by while Jordanian pilots are burnt to death. He's defending one of the biggest calls he's had to make. This is the time to stand up and be counted. And he's aiming this anger at a leading critic of his deployment decision. I'd vote against it. The Prime Minister's probably showing frustration at Parliament's split on his call. We should not send troops to Iraq. I think New Zealand is making a sad mistake. But voicing their opposition, having a debate that would change nothing, was all Mr Key's opponents could do. They tried to force a vote. Mr Speaker, I seek leave. But the government shut that down. Is there any objection to that course of action? There is. Why not trust the people's institution called Parliament? Canada did. Other countries in the 60 have. Why not you? We've looked at countries similar to ours who are sending troops or planes to Iraq. The governments of the 10 countries in yellow only signed off deployments after their parliaments voted for it or with the support of the main opposition party. The four you see here in red haven't. For the government, there is no point in allowing a vote. Parliament would be deadlocked, 60 votes for and 60 votes against. And the government is in this position, remember, because it's one vote down since the resignation of Mike Sabin. I mean, why bother with Parliament when the decision is one for Barack Obama? Frustrations aside, the troops go with the blessing of many in this chamber. They will make us proud. We pray that they will be looked after and returned home safely to their friends, to their partners and to their tamariki. So it was supposed to be a two-year mission, of course, and then it was extended and then the government um, has signalled when it will end now, wrapping up in 2020. So it was interesting to get those developments from the Prime Minister. And one of the questions I put to her was just how comfortably this sits with her because she's obviously, it's obviously more difficult, I guess, for, for Labour governments and, and they're, they're carrying through a commitment. But um, she did have to dance around that question somewhat because, you know, you're asking people to go away and, and fight for your country, but as a Prime Minister, you, you lead them. So it is an unusual position for all, a Labour Prime Minister. Yeah, it's also interesting, I think, you know, announcing, you know, we're, we're going to start scaling it down pretty much immediately and they'll be out by mid next year. And at the same time, just nearby, you've got, you know, the inquiry into what uh, the Defence Force did in Afghanistan. And over in Australia, we've had, um, you know, police raiding media outlets after they got leaked defence documents showing that their troops have been, you know, killing unarmed civilians in Afghanistan as well. And in terms of the politics of it all, the Green Party um, are claiming this as a win for them. They've long argued that our troops need to come home. Um, Golri's um, Gutterman put out a press statement saying um, that you know this was uh, the Green Party's influence um, within the coalition. Winston Peters and New Zealand First, who are becoming quite known to do this, actually shot that down, basically trying to claim it as a win for them saying that it was only New Zealand first uh, ministers and Labour ministers who were actually in the meeting making the decision. So a little bit of tension. There's a bit of the uh, politics behind that for you. And the kids scrapping. And and New Zealand first again this week, you know, announcing Mm. another billion dollars in um, in, in investments in the Defence Force. 
Which um, you can't help being personally thrilled about because for anyone who's flown in the Hercules, it, it's not a it's not a fun day in the office. So from a personal, I'm very much looking forward to having flying in a little bit more comfort. Um, and I'm expecting the diva things coming in from the air, from the um, military people who obviously have to do it all the time. But oh, the the seven five seven luxury travel, the Hercs. Not so much. It's a long day. (laughs) (laughs) A long, noisy, cold day. Yeah. The food's always good, though. Yeah. uh, 757 any day of the week. Um, Amazing, Mm. amazingly well how we looked after on those. Um, But but on that, I also think that um, seeing the minister, Ron Marks, um, emotive response to that. He obviously uh, got a little bit caught off guard and... um, choked up a bit and showed a bit of emotion so um, I wonder how that'll go down with the defence force I guess they would um, probably quite like that level of emotion and seeing yeah, I don't know what it is with these military guys always blubbing um, <laughs> yeah. hey anyway let's Someone have a look at an outrageous comment <laughs> um, let's have a look at we've, um, we also polled on another issue um, this, this week and it came back as quite a surprise let's uh, check out this track <laughs> surprise in Wellington today that the public may vote to keep pot illegal. I personally think that's a little bit ridiculous. It's really quite futile to vote to keep it illegal because people are going to get their hands on it no matter what. 80% of Kiwis break the law and try cannabis by the time they're 21. Even political leaders. When did you last smoke cannabis? Oh my goodness, years and years and years and years and years ago. I couldn't even tell you exactly. Do you consider yourself a criminal because of that? No. In next year's referendum, Kiwis will be able to vote on setting up a legal industry here, where those over 20 could buy cannabis at stores or grow it at home. But opposition appears to be growing. The One News Colmar Brunton poll shows 52% of Kiwis are currently planning to vote to keep cannabis illegal. Only 39% would vote to legalise recreational cannabis. The rest either didn't know or won't vote. One News has repeatedly polled on whether recreational cannabis should be legalised. In two recent polls, more Kiwis were in favour of that move than against. So, why the change now? Those campaigning to legalise marijuana think they know why. I think we've seen the last few months a whole lot of myths and misinformation, things around linking cannabis and violence, uh, issues around young people and mental health, this whole notion of we're going to have all these gummy beers out out in the community. It's largely been dominated by uh, some dubious questions being put forward by some political players uh, and also by some putting forward propaganda. The No Camp has a different perspective. As people think about uh, pop-up cafes, which is what's uh, being talked about in the legislation, um, it being able to be sold in certain areas, and I'm not sure people feel comfortable about that um, when it comes to marijuana. A debate that's sure to heat up before next year's election. Yes, I was really surprised at this. Um, As we mentioned in the track there, you know, we've we've polled on this last few years. In 2017, 47% of Kiwis wanted to legalise. Last year, 46. And now... Boom, 52% against legalising cannabis. Real swing. And it really surprised me. I would have thought, given the government had now announced, you know, what it was looking to do, maybe more people would have come in. And I just reckon as well, it's interesting that it seems like the uh, it's that middle New Zealand that when the push comes to shove, actually not that comfortable with it. And I think that's what that's what we're seeing coming out in the polling, that um, maybe that isn't quite... In suburban, I use that term loosely, suburban New Zealand, perhaps it's not quite the comfort level that 
that you would expect perhaps from the polls. So I'd say that the um, government and those who are pro need to do a better job at pushing the why they think it is a good move because I haven't seen much information around yeah. the why it's a good thing um, and it's easy therefore just to sort of um, fall into your own concerns about the unknown um, you know what's it going to mean for my children what's it going to mean for um, you know people just um, you know in public and, and cafes and that too is that what I want so unless they're going to help push the narrative as to why this is a good thing which I haven't seen much of, to be fair, then I think that those numbers should be expected. Well, I agree, Mikey. And it's interesting, you watch the Prime Minister saying, oh, well, the government doesn't have a position. You know, we're, yeah. we're running the referendum. But then you also, and, and pretty much all we've seen from the government so far is Andrew Little and Chloe Swarbrick doing a stand-up together, in which Andrew Little was saying, hey, you know, this, the idea is to treat it as a health issue, not a criminal issue, and to take it out of the you know hands of hands of the gangs and the crocs and to restrict access for kids and that's pretty much all we've heard from them right whereas you get and going along to like the national party's um regional conference lower north island regional conference the other day paula bennett did a big seminar and presentation to the few hundred people who were there sort of raising all her fears about what was this going to be and you know are they going to be gummy bears and what's going to happen with drug driving and so i feel like those sort of people are, are kind of seizing seizing all the airtime putting out their concerns there's kind of a bit of a vacuum on the other side. I don't think it's sustainable for the Prime Minister to not say her personal position on this. Um, if she, when we were questioning her about it, she said that, you know, I haven't made up my mind about whether I will share it or not. Mm. I, I think that she will have to. She is, she's well, she, the leader and, and she needs to tell people how And she, she also said, well, it. you know, what she doesn't want to see is people in jail. Yeah. Um, for for cannabis use. And she said there are a small number of people in jail at the moment. For, it's what... <laughs> Well, that kind of, I think that kind of reveals which way she might vote. Yeah, but I just think that why not just come out and say it then at the beginning of the of the beginning of the process? I just don't know why she's being. I don't know what what politically why she's being coy about it. Especially if we're going to spend millions of dollars on a referendum. If we're going to do that, then mm. give us enough info for both sides of the argument because they're just not providing that information. Like I said, I just think, oh, well, what's the point of this? Is the point of this to have an educated um, discussion and debate a- as a society around this important issue? Or is this simply political massaging the Green Party? You know, they've wanted it for so long and, you know, we'll, 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 we'll have it then for them, but uh, we're not going to do much else to sort of help in terms of the education sort of side of things. Uh, so we're going to be spending millions of dollars on something people actually won't get their head around um, and we'll get the result probably that we've seen in our poll. And I think it was Chloe Swarbrick made that point, I think, when she had a um, reasonably robust debate with Mike Hosking and was saying that, you know, it's not, it's actually about having the educated discussion as much as it is the winning and the losing. Um, that was also a very interesting um, exchange to... Um, listen to for anyone who's interested particularly in this Oh, I don't uh, doubt it. Those <laughs> two, yes, that would have been interesting. Yeah, what, one thing I keep thinking of is we had a presentation earlier this year in, in which a Canadian guy was talking about the Canadian experience. It's like, look, this was big, big news. Everyone was fixated on it. Everyone was worried about it. And of course, over there, they just legalised it. Right, they didn't go with a referendum or anything. Justin Trudeau just said, hey, it's time. And... Um, but basically within a couple of days of them legalising it, it kind of falls off the radar and it's just oh, business as usual and, and people don't really make a, a big deal about it. I think the big deal is you know building up towards this 
referendum it's going to be huge but if but pretty quickly once you if you do change the law people just move on Carry you know on. it's just meh, you know yeah. it's no big deal yeah well maybe that's a nice segue for us then to move on ourselves and yes. um, to let you guys move on too um it was really good to have you with us that was our one news inside parliament a weekly catch-up about the political stories that we've been covering this week we're on facebook twitter and instagram it's available around this time each week on one news now the one news facebook page and check us out on your favorite podcasting apps now let's enjoy some treats yeah.